Welcome back to On The Clock with Damien and Jeremy. I'm Damien Parson, and that is my main man, my brother, my partner in crime, Jeremy Dove. Good morning to you, and what say you, man? Hey, man. So much stuff happening in the world of NFL draft news. I'm excited to be here with you. Good morning, brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Good morning to you, man. And we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Um, yesterday, it was reported. I actually sent you the screenshot of it. It was reported that everyone knows Kyler Murray of Oklahoma, um, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10"-ish five, uh, quarterback, explosive playmaker at the position, signed a deal uh, last offseason, I believe, with the Oakland A's to be on their minor team. It was like a $4.4 million deal and, and so forth and so on. Well, there was a report uh, that came out by Susan Slusser, um, an exclusive report saying that the Oakland A's expect top pick Kyler Murray to enter the NFL draft. Now, I know a lot of people were, you know, were wondering, well, how, how does he have to pay the money back? It doesn't hurt them financially if he does. What hurts them is with the draft pick, they don't get that back. Right. But this changes the draft in so many dynamics, Jeremy. That's why I love this time of year, man, because of these type of surprises and experiences, uh, things that we're going to experience. This this was a shock to me. and it, But this is also something that we discussed before that we kind of hoped would happen. You know, we kind of hoped he would do it. Um, because I would love to see what he can do. You see Russell Wilson, you see Baker Mayfield, we've seen Doug Flutie, we've seen shorter quarterbacks succeed, succeed in the NFL. You don't have to be 6'5". You know, look at Paxton Lynch. He's, what, 6'6", six, 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 and he can't throw accurately to save his life. Brock Osweiler. Bro, his eight. The point of his, the, the, the nose of the football drives down towards the ground every throw. Every throw, man. Right. Like, so the height doesn't really matter. It's all about, now granted, he's listed at 5'10", 5'11", which we know that's a little generous. It's more so 5'10", maybe 5'9", but the main thing that worries me is his 195 in weight. You just need to, I, I need to see I, maybe another 10, 15 pounds. Absolutely. Just a little bit. Absolutely. Just, just to be able to take sacks and take punishment. He doesn't, you know, he, he's a baseball player, so he knows how to slide perfectly. So he does go down. He does not take unnecessary hits. I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson, he's a little, he weighs more, but Lamar Jackson's much more skinnier on the frail side than a Kyler Murray. So um, if he can make it through eight, 10 games, running the ball 20 times a game, or however many attempts he had uh, for over 600 yards, around 600 yards in the season, I think Kyler Murray will be just fine. But what is your initial reaction to this to this news? My reaction is I think he made the right decision, even just, you know, financially. Um, just, to, you know, we see the four point whatever million dollar contract with the Oakland Athletics. But then to go through that, having to go through minor league ball and all that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not a guarantee. A lot of players don't make their money, they say, until you after your first contract, you have to go through arbitration. Yes. So to me, it's looking like a, a financially a sound decision. And also, we talked about it on the on our last episode of On the Clock, that it is a week. He's not going through a, a huge year of offensive weapons, A, but definitely in the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you saw this, Dane, but Adam Schefter saying that it wouldn't be surprising if the new coach, the new ball coach of the Arizona Cardinals looking to trade Josh Rosen and draft Kyler Murray at number one. Yeah, I, I saw that. I did see that this morning, and I was like, whoa, okay. But, you know, um, 
Shout out to Gerard Brown. We we had him on the on the uh, show for the NFC East season preview, talking about his Giants uh, before the season. Uh, we yeah, it was fun making it. fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it uh, last night um, on uh, on social media, and he he brought this up. What if they trade? Um, what if they trade? You know, Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray, and, and that's an intriguing move. You know. Someone said, well, they could trade. What if they talked to the Giants and said, hey, instead of you getting Deshaun, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, how about you? we send you Josh Rosen and you give us your third overall pick? I don't know. Um, now, what I will say to that is this. A lot of people are now trying to, you know, it's funny, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. coming into the draft, he was the best pro quarterback out of, out of the five, right? Remember that, all that talk? He, oh, he's the, he, he's the most polished. He's the most pro-ready. And he goes to a team that you called. I was nice to them. You called <laughs> it like it was. You said they were putrid. And they yes. were. Defensively, yes. they're a good team. I like their defense. I do like their defense, but offensive line, top five. Top five bottom in the league. Bar none. Top five bottom in the league. You know, offensive weapons. Let's, let's list their offensive weapons that he has to work with. A almost 38-year-old, however, however old, <laughs> um, whatever the age is of Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson with no offensive line, and a rookie Christian Kirk. So he has three weapons. You, see, you, you, you make that flip and you flip him to New York. I'm just, Gerard, don't kill me because I know you want the Wayne Haskins. I know it, brother. But I'm just saying, you flip Josh Rosen to New York and you got Odell. Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, you 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 know what I'm saying? You you also have Evan Ingram and a, a way better offensive line in New York than it is in Arizona. I'm just saying that there's some things there that you can work with. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I did see that report, and that's intriguing. I, I think Kyler Murray, like you said, a lot of people don't understand how baseball contracts work. They really don't. And people are like, oh, there's more money. That's that's why I keep seeing all over Twitter, Facebook. It's more money. It's more money. Yeah, you gotta you have to earn that money, man. You don't just come out of there making 20 a mil a season. You don't just come into that. No. Like Gerard and Gerard made a good point. He said, look at it, look at it like this. He goes through, he gets drafted in the NFL, plays well, has a good uh, you know, gets through his, his rookie con his rookie contract that five years. He's gonna sign a year. He signed a big deal for 160 million. It just is what it is, and that's not just gonna, that's not gonna be the only contract he signed for. Because he plays up to par, he'll sign another hundred plus million dollar contract. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. Like he's young, and, and we look at it. it it's, it's not. We know. We talked about last episode what he's gonna have to deal with if he stayed another year, or whatever, or tried to come into the NFL. Maybe he played a year of baseball. And then he tried to come into a uh, to the NFL draft next year, whatever. That's a lot of competition to deal with. Yes, it is. He, he gets that faded class out. next year is going to be completely like that. That is a, a offensive loaded class, man. So this Colin is the Johnson, time for him. You know, all these receivers coming out. You're gonna have some. You know, you're gonna have some more backs. You know, quarterbacks is going to be. You know, it depends on who declares. You got Jake Fromm. You got you got uh, Jacob. E. University of Washington. You have, of, of course, you have Tua Tagovailoa. You got a lot of, you know. Um, uh, and I'll be honest, Justin, all, Justin Herbert. He's coming. Out I'll be next honest. Year. All look like if I'm going into next year, 2020, not to play, you know, 
Nostradamus all look like better prospects. And they're better players, better prospects than Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Yes. If you ask me, Jake Fromm, I'm an NFL GM, Jake Fromm or Kyler Murray, I'm going to take Jake Fromm. Sorry, Oklahoma fans, but I'm going to take Jake Fromm. Or Tua or Kyler Murray, I'm taking Tua. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. So I will, you know, we we, we may have a, a influx of Russell Wilson type of comparisons within the next two years. If Kyler Murray comes out this year, that's who he's going to be compared to, and that's who t- two is going to be compared to. Right. But um, I'm excited. I like the, like I said, I like the move for him. It's better immediately financially, um, and, and I think he can. I, I believe in his skill set. Like I said, add a couple pounds so you can be able to take a little punishment on the, on the pro level, but. He and, has an amazing arm, and, and it's accurate. Right. And it's something that we've talked about on, on, on the D&D show, and I think we will definitely – it'll be a conversation we'll, we'll get into throughout this process on the clock. GMs, executives, fan bases, they reach for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So you know whether you love him or don't like him or think he's not – I don't think anyone could not like him. There's talent there. But maybe think, maybe you're questioning the height. You're questioning yeah. the weight. You're questioning, does he need another year? You know, is he? Is it too soon for the man? Right, right. People, re- for him and his camp and his family, whoever helps him, his inner circle, GMs, executives reach for quarterbacks. They, they, they don't wait on them. They'll go too early. They'll go to whatever. They'll trade up. But they think, hey, we got that QB of the future or that QB that can at least excite the fan base. So exactly. looking at it that besides Dwayne Haskins, there's no other real competition up there. Smart move for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree. My, my thing is, for me, when it pertains to that whole situation, is as simple as this. And, and some may disagree with me. When I look at potential, I look at a Drew Locke, and I like his ceiling more than I like Dwayne Haskins' ceiling. You know, I look at – and I've always compared Drew Locke to a – I think his arm is not as talented as Pat Mahomes, but his playing style in college was very similar. Um, but they made very similar throws. He has an elite arm to me. Drew Locke has an elite arm. Missouri just was – I mean, let's talk about it. Missouri was just a bad team. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? He, he didn't have uh, – he didn't really have much going for him there. But I think he is a one of the one of the prospects that will – you know, he you know he catches on. And if he falls, like I said, they're – New New Orleans, New England, you know teams that that need a quarterback behind a, a, a legit quarterback behind their old state older states elder statesmen. That's that's a place that that would be perfect for him, so he can sit for a year or two and he'll be good to go. But um, like I said, this is the this is the right time. You, this is the right time because he immediately jumps up into the conversation for QB one with Dwayne Haskins immediately. It, it just says what it is. You know what? Some people may think it's off simply off of the shock value of the fact that he's he's declaring. No, it's simply because the kid can play. It, Dwayne Haskins is like six five though, so that changes things. Um, <laughs> he's like six five two two forty, so it changes things. Uh, that's a big um, man. You know, that's a, yeah. He's a big boy. That's a big boy, man. And, and you know, he's not he's not the most mobile, but um, he's a big boy. So uh, it, it's, it's intriguing. It's going to be fun. Now you talk about big boys. You talk, you talk about uh, big man and just, just you know, being a man. Nothing screams I'm a man more than dominating your opponent, and that is what happened Monday night with the Clemson-Alabama game. I don't even want to spend too much time on it because there was really not much to spend time on. 
Clemson came in more prepared. Now you look at and this is something people were saying. Well, maybe you know maybe Dabo has Saban's number, right? That's you know that's what people were saying. Maybe Dabo has Saban's number. And when you really look at it, Jeremy, this should have been the case a long time ago. Like you should have looked at it the first the first meeting they had when uh, when they had to remember that uh, uh, Nick Saban. Uh, kick the onside kick at, uh, after halftime, right? Uh, to recover the ball, and all this, he kicked the onside kick. They had a punt return to win the. Uh, I think it was a, a, a kickoff return by Kenyon Drake to to uh, to help add points to that to that game because Deshaun Watson and Clemson were not going to stop coming at them, not going to stop you know trying to take the lead from them. Dabble has Saban's number, and it's not just him having Saban's number. Dabble has a team that's just. It's just as talented as Saban's team, you know. It's different when you, when the, by God, you know. And I don't want to piss anybody off, but all the UCFers, all the fake, the fraudulent UCF fans we have out there, they're screaming, "We want Bama!" You couldn't handle LSU. You didn't want Bama. You did no. not want Bama. You couldn't handle LSU. You couldn't handle Memphis. You could barely handle Temple. You didn't want. You did not want Alabama or Clemson. People were saying, put them in the playoffs. Take out Notre Dame. Why? Notre Dame was undefeated. Like, I don't want to get on that rant, but that's, that's, that whole thing was pissing me off. All, all college football season, you out here playing uh, ACDC College and, and, and ITT Tech all season. You're playing literally no one. You know, you might as well just schedule FCS schools. Play North Dakota State. At least they got some championships under their belt. You're playing a bunch of bad teams that – are not qualified to be playing against you. They're just doing it for a check, and you acting like you can go up there and fight with the big dogs. Let's stop it. Let's stop that. But, you know, Bama, you know, they, they've ruled for so long, and, and, and Dabble's like, hey, I am an Alabama alum. He's in the Alabama College Football Hall of Fame. I'm, a, I'm an alum. I know what I'm doing. And Saban, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. When Saban does leave Alabama, don't be surprised if Dabo takes his spot. Oh, um, yeah. That's, that's the talk. That, that's that, the that's talk. Dope. I want to put that out there right now. I've been saying it for a while. Alabama is going to go to Dabo when Saban does decide to hang it up. But, you know, Dex, I, think I, I, thought, I thought Bama had a better chance running the ball with Dexter Lawrence out, big Dex. Um, but the, the play calling was – Loxley was he made he he made me scratch my head a couple times there, um, not running the ball enough and and even not just running the ball enough he kept rotating the backs. So we all know let somebody get into some get into a rhythm first. You know it was two carries for Josh Jacobs. Okay, come in Damian Harris. Two carries for you. Okay, come in Najee Harris. One carry for you. You get a drive. It was just weird. You know it's not it's no stability there. I, I, I didn't understand. I, it. I'm gonna say this. <clears throat> um, not surprised if Clemson, I, I didn't look at this matchup and go, Clemson can't win this game. I no, I, I actually had Clemson winning. We just didn't do the show last week, so right. I had to pick them. But I, I, I definitely, at the time, surprised by the outcome, the blowout. But I, I, as I've been recapping, rewatching the game, and thinking about something interesting, I'm going to quote, um, I, I remember Lane Kiffin, and I know that name is vile in many circles across the country. <laughs> But hear me out, people. Lane Kiffin was on Dan Lebitard's show about a year ago. And I'm not even the biggest Dan Lebitard fan, to be quite honest. Me but either. I'll say this. It was very interesting 
that hearing that you we know throughout before Lane Kiffin and after Nick Saban on both sides of the ball, I'll be quite honest, but definitely offensively, he's not there's not a lot of in not a lot of creativity. Not a lot of inventiveness. No. Nick Saban is a discipline. Hey, know your plays, do your job, you know, kind of coach, kind of mindset. Kind of that's how he's a thinker. And Lane Kiffin said that, you know, Nick Saban would have the coaching staff do uh kind of like test, you know, intelligence test to see what kind of thinker you are. And that he said Nick Saban and pretty much the other coaches on the Alabama coaching staff, they were very great linear thinkers. They were, you know, they were just dis- if you read the descriptions of them, you know, they were disciplined. They they had they did their job, all this kind of thing. They stayed stuck by the rules, didn't go outside the box, really. Where Lane Kiffin said, and you did see it when Lane Kiffin was running the offense there. He was creative outside the box, a different kind of thinking. Which, you know, there's, there's plus and minuses to both. I'm not saying one is necessarily better than the other, but I think what you saw and what we've seen is Alabama, and it's great because they have the best talent. They win recruiting classes every year. Right. So when they're dominant and they're ahead or they're not too far behind, it's a close game, they had the discipline to come back. But when you need something like you did it Monday night, you need creative play call, you need to think outside the box and do different things as far as on the field. And I know you could say last year it was a big jump when he – I don't think it's that big of a jump, honestly, benching Jalen Hurts and putting it to a, no, in the championship game. It was like, duh, <laughs> come on now. you got This guy can't throw the ball. We know no. this. But to me, that's what I saw. He that they that Alabama coaching staff and Nick Saban included did not know how to think outside the box and be creative. Once they were getting down, they didn't know how to shake things up. Get Cle- and Clemson knew it was very routine, very basic. There was nothing different. They didn't know what to do. And I I don't blame the players so much. I blame the coaching staff honestly. And this is the first time I can remember in a long time seeing Nick Saban so clearly out coached. Even in these previous Alabama-Clemson matchups, it was neck and neck. I mean, there was different things here, but I was like, okay. This time, clearly just out-coached, and I don't think that they had on either side of the ball innovative, creative, outside-the-box thinking to shake Clemson no. up. I don't think Clemson's talent level is that much better than Alabama's. I do think that they got out-coached, and we saw how important coaching is. And that's what I say – Nick Saban, to me, if I'm looking at him, and if I'm an Alabama, if I'm in, you know, roll tide nation, you have to look at getting better, getting better, you know, five-star, honestly, better quarterback recruits, getting better offensive weapon recruits in the future. You know, we have two here, but you, you can't go with this plain Jane, basic kind of offense, in my opinion. And you have no. to be able to think outside the box, and that's what really burned them on Monday night. Definitely. And, and- – and the fact that Saban has always notor- has been notorious for being, you know, his incapability, inability to um, develop, not just so much develop, but more so recruit legit defensive backs. Yeah. It's always been that way. That has been a problem for years at Alabama. Years. Yes, you have the Eddie Jacksons and the Minka Fitzpatricks every once in a while and Landon Collins. But they're the exception. Those are the exception, not the rule. You know, <clears throat> you have more D Milliners. You have more oh, wow. um, Drape Kirkpatrick's. You, you know what I mean? You have more Cyrus Joneses. You have more of those guys. What about he? Had, he did have Baron. 
Yeah, and then Barron switched to a linebacker. Yeah, so true. But yeah. he brought Barron so, in as a DB. Yeah, he did. He did bring him as DB, and then when they realized he really could not play safety because he was playing safety, he was such a hard hitter. Um, He's like he a was, hybrid kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, he was a hybrid, which he, I, I like. I like Barron, but you know, he you know he he can go into the successful mix, I guess. He can go to the just, That's why I said give. We'll yeah, give him a couple. I give him the success. I give him a success. You know, that's four. That's four. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's more. But you know, they've been notoriously putrid at, at getting good defensive backs, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that. That's been a problem. And, and they call him Touchdown Jesus. You know, Trevor Lawrence looked like the next coming of Peyton Manning out there. You know, just diagnosing the the, the defense pre-snap and post-snap. Um, they weren't able to get much pressure on them. Christian Mittler, their best edge rusher. Uh, with the hamstring issue, they were doubling Quinny and Williams, who was still fighting and beating double teams. But you know, uh, Roquan Davis, uh, he he was not he was not seen much of. Um, yeah, no, he's going back for his senior season. So, uh, which I kind of you know I agree with. You know, polish the game up a little bit. Um, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of his anyway. But um, it, it, like I said, that him. Trevor Lawrence and, and the, the receiver, the young receiver, Ross, number eight, were yes. terrorizing Bama's secondary. It was ridiculous. ridiculous. Not contain this young man, and he's going to be a problem, man. He is going to be a problem, you know? And um, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he should be draft eligible next year. Mm-hmm. So that could be an extra name to throw into the pot. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you right now, you need offensive weapons to – 2020. 2020. 2020 is your draft. I'm doing, you know, I, I, that's a presidential election. I'm looking at a, oh, yeah. a Lawrence Fromm ticket, you know, for all you NFL exactly. GMs. Look at that, man. That's, I think Lawrence, and I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a Jake Fromm guy. I do like Jake Fromm. Uh, I, I, and, and what's so crazy about Lawrence is Lawrence is a true freshman now. Yeah. So he'll be the first pick in 2021. True, but. Yeah, he'll be the first pick in twenty twenty. I come back if you already have a national title. Good chance to win another national title. You, uh, uh, we'll get to that probably in the future. I think episodes. he'll have to because he uh, he has to have the three years. So this is for a true freshman year. Next year's a sophomore. He has to have one more year. Okay. Yeah, he has to have the whole so he's know, a whole three year twenty twenty one kind of guy. Yeah. If trust me, if he was if he was up for twenty twenty, oh man, all bets are off. All bets are off. Sorry, Tua. <laughs> Sorry, Tua. Uh, I love you. You're my guy, but Trevor is definitely top of that draft board. But let you talk about draft boards, man. Let's talk about the Senior Bowl, man. The Senior Bowl, uh, of course, is a hot commodity. You, you, this is where Kareem Hunt made his name. Yes. You know, I remember it was Carson Wentz in them. This is a place where a lot of guys make their name, and, and it's, it's it's amazing to me. Um, I'm gonna talk, we're going to talk about a couple guys. That, I, mean, I want to start off, of course – the quarterback position. I want to start with the quarterback position. Uh, one name that it's a couple of intriguing names, but one name that really sticks out to me, and I hope he does play, Will Greer. 6'1, 223. He's not the tallest guy, but you know, I, I like Will Greer. I want to see how he plays with NFL coaching staffs. You know, you got the Raiders and the Niners coaching staff to be there. Mind you, you know, what's intriguing about this come draft time, my they may keep Derek Carr. But if you can get a Will Greer uh, in the third round, 
don't be surprised if, if, if they pull the trigger on that, you know, and, and have them sit for like a year and then they can cut bait with their car with no penalties or they could trade them to a team that needs a quarterback um, for like a first round pick or second round pick or whatever the case may be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Will Greer as, as a guy that watching this game. I want to see what he's able to do, you know, with the different prospects. Because this is, you know, this is usually where you you play against guys you know, you play with guys you know, um, and everything. But you just don't, you know, you you don't get a chance to play with them anyway because they're on different teams. So of course, you know, you look at some of the receivers that'll be there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know Manuel Hall from Missouri, Jalen Hurd. There's also another guy that I, I want to look at. You know, remember him? He was a running back at Tennessee a couple of years ago, 6'4", 217. He slimmed down. And he what he said, I remember reading the article on Bleacher Report, Jeremy, his exact words were he, he risked millions by going to the NFL. You know, he would have been a, a decent draft pick, especially as a, power, a powerful back between the tackles. He's thinking about the longevity. I want the longevity and I want more money. So he tra- he tra- he trained himself in transition to a pretty good receiver over there at Baylor. Um, so I, I'm I'm intrigued to see uh, Jalen Hurd and uh, Will Greer because Will Greer uh, he he he's a guy with with Kyler Murray. You talking about falling? You know Will Greer could fall. He could definitely fall in his draft class, man. You know Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones is supposed to be at the Senior Bowl as well. Will Greer is a name that could definitely fall. No, no. I think a sleeper – I agree with you on Will Greer. But what I want to see a sleeper is Mr. – Northwestern had a heck of a year. Northwestern really mm. rose up here. And people were proud of him and happy for him. And yay, yay, yay. And Greeny on ESPN. I know he's proud of his <laughs> school. And I thought a little too much hype from Greeny. But whatever. He's a proud alum. But Clayton Thorson – is the sleeper in this group. He does have the leader intangibles. You know, hey, a Northwestern yes. guy, very intelligent and smart, physical, big quarterback. And I think the way he can present himself, he plays well this week. He has a good running up with the uh, – see, starting this week, start, or not this week, starting the Senior Bowl week, having a good showing there and what he can do in the combine. You know, this can be the lead for him's name to get some buzz and him to rise into, you know, at least second, third round kind of option there. So I think Clayton Thorson is a sleeper at the quarterback position, really intrigued by what he can do. And, you know, there's nothing to say that it is huge. You want to look at he has the physical, you know, standings and the physical attributes. You know, he's 6'4", 230, played in the Big Ten, which is, you know, a a big conference. So you have to give Mm -hmm. him that. But what do you, a lot of these coaches want to see? They want to see if you had the good leadership qualities, good character, and if you had the intelligence. If you had the intelligence to break things down, I think Clayton Thorson can check all those boxes. So it would be huge if he can really stand out on the field and play well during senior bowl practices and in the game. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I am a fan of his. I was watching him getting up uh, in the offseason last year, and he has some tools. Uh, the 17 TDs, 15 interceptions bugged me a little bit. Absolutely. This year. Um, but I think he, like you said, he is a sleeper for a team that could use a developmental quarterback. And like I said, he has the, he has the intangibles. He has the leadership qualities. Um, he's a, he, he is a feisty guy. He's a guy that will fight to the, to the tooth and nail, to the death. And I, to, I uh, think it to make things happen. I will say, sorry to interrupt. I just will think no, you're fine. It, it's huge to see that. Cause you're right. The interceptions bother me. 
But he let let's be honest, Northwestern they they're, they're in the Big Ten, not a powerhouse's talent. No, I no. like what Pat. I lo- actually I take that back. I love what Pat Fitzgerald brings to that program, but they're not a big talent. So the fact that he led them to this heck of a season and got them into the championship game, I think that also has to stick with it. That you know what? Yeah. If we take him as a project guy, he can help build. He's not a. He knows how to hang. He didn't come from Ohio State. Not knocking it, or Oklahoma or Clemson or Alabama, where they're always winning, and then you have to wonder how can they turn a losing culture, a losing franchise around. This young man has done it. Northwestern's not a power. So that, to me, I think is huge. When you see he went in there and he helped lead them to turning this this program at least around and having a good heck of a year that they did, very impressive to me. I like that in a young man. Because that's the thing. You want to see, especially – if you bring someone in, what they can add or elevate to your culture in these NFL franchises. Yes, sir. Now, and then another name to throw out there, you know, you know, we talk about a couple of names here. We got a little bit of time left. Um, Andy Isabella from UMass, 5'10", 195. You know, it looks like a, he looks like a slot receiver. Or, you know, when you think, when you look, you know, of course, first of all, let's put it out there. He's white. So, of course, <laughs> the, the uh, Edelman comparisons are going to show – no. This is not Julian Edelman, guys. This is not. This kid is rumored to run a four-four in the forty. He has speed. He 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 can make plays outside and inside. Right now, Edelman was that wasn't that guy coming out, of course, because he was a quarterback at first. But this is a kid that I think could really be a sleeper. And on the clock, the New England Patriots select Andy and Isabella because you know that's that's a Bill Belichick type of draft pick. Um, but I, I really like this kid, man. You know, he, he he's explosive. He's quick. Uh, he runs good routes. He runs crispy routes, man. Really, really crispy routes. And, and um, he knows how to stick and cut and break on the dime. And, and that's not a problem for him. So I'm looking at him as a guy to be a, you know, day two, um, day three, you know, fourth round guy possibly. Depends on how he tests. If he tests as well as, well as the, the rumors have said he will, he can jump up in day two. He can jump up in day two. That you know, that second and third round. He can jump up in there, man. Probably more so the third round. He is five ten, one ninety five. But you know, he he's kind of similar to Element. Kind of you know, kind of muscular, kind of stocky for for that build. Um, so that, that's definitely a name I'm I'm watching because I want to see th- this in the, in the senior bowl. In the senior bowl, th- this is a solid receiver class. You know, David Sills. The receiver from West uh, Virginia, from West Virginia, six four two ten. Um, he's not the best athlete, but he knows how to make plays. Debo Samuel from South Carolina is a very, a very intriguing prospect as well. Hunter Renfro, um, you know, he looks like he's thirty eight years old in the face. He does, um, but you know, the kid can play. You know, he he reminds me more of Chris Hogan. A lot of people are saying Element too. He reminds me more of Chris Hogan, um, just a better version because Chris Hogan's not that good. Um, I don't like Chris Hogan. Um, we know, we know. <laughs> sorry, you'll never like Chris Hogan. Um, but, but you know, um, I, 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 an intriguing name that's not a sleeper, but Josh Allen from Kentucky. I didn't realize that he accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Yes. Um, listen, he, there's talk about him going as high as number two. Yeah. To the to the Niners, this kid is an athletic freak, Jeremy. Like. People look at him and say he's just a pure pass rusher. No, he's not. He does everything. Stop the run. He he drops very well in coverage as well. Well, 
Um, I, I wanted to ask I, I like you. I wanted to ask you because let's be real. A lot of times, the Senior Bowls, it's it's for those who don't really sh- stick out like that to go. You know. Mm-hmm. So why yeah. why do you think he accepted an invite? You think? I, I think it plays to to his mental makeup. He was a guy that wasn't highly recruited. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to prove everyone that doubted him wrong. And I think that's where it get, that's where it boils down to. For at the same time, I think that's where okay, I'm gonna come here and, and yeah, I have a bigger name now. But it's kind of you know I'm still I still live in in the fact that nobody nobody believed in me, you know. Right. I think that's what it is. So I think he's still he's gonna go there. He's gonna show out and do his thing because he goes there against some some uh, some of the better uh, tackle prospects, you know, in the draft and and, and guard prospects. He's he's not the most polished pass rusher. He he needs some more counter moves. Brian Burns from Florida State, though, that guy has the pass rush moves as well as the elite first uh, first step quickness. But uh, another name to throw out there, he's an Allen. You can put call Allen brothers. I would love to see them side by side and rushing the passer. Zach Allen from from Boston College, you know, six five two eighty five. He is a he is a monster, especially when he looks at setting the edge versus the run bull rushing. He's a powerful guy, Jeremy. So I, I really like what I see. From him, and I want to see how he plays in this because uh, he has a first round grade, you know, late first um, round grade as well. So I'm intrigued to see what he's able to do. Um, another guy, real quick, a big sexy Yandi Kajuste from West Virginia, six five three twenty one. Um, I want to see how he plays, especially if you get him matched up. I would love to see reps with him versus at Zach Allen and Josh Allen, the Allen brothers. I would love to see those reps because. While he is very athletic, I think his functional strength needs work. He needs to play stronger a little bit. But, you know, he has a good kick slide. And he's a guy I want to see how does he handle some of these pass rushers, Isaiah Bugs and those guys that's going to be at the, at the Senior Bowl. So that's, those are some well, things I'm you, looking Well, you at. said that Isaiah Bugs was my guy that I really want to see. He's looking like a third-round prospect out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, Play D. I don't look at him as a DN. He's six two, around two ninety to three hundred. I think yes. if he can get a little bit bigger, though, I can really see him being a good interior D lineman and taking and maybe not jumping out to people and getting the big numbers, getting the big sacks. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be Aaron Donald. No, 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 no. Right, right. Not putting right. that on him. But a guy who can help you D. He's attracting double teams. Good leverage. I want to see a little bit more improvement, and this also may be because he. Uh, he was playing DN, so people were critical of him. I want to see him, that first step, that quickness, get a little bit better. And to me, if he can get that down, get a little bit thicker, a little bit, get some more muscle on him, I think he could be a good D-line. He could help out any front and attract double teams. He's good with leverage, good hands. You know he has that coaching and that skill set. He played under Nick Saban. I want yeah. to see what Isaiah Bugs does. Because right now, a third-round prospect, I think that could really – he could if he has a good showing starting at the Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl week for practices and in the game, he could jump into a round two kind of, you know, name and that sleeper draft pick that can really help an NFL defense. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, I didn't realize he was 6'2", but, yeah, he's 6'2", 286, 290. Yeah, yeah, add a couple more pounds, a couple more uh, pounds of muscle where you can truly hold up in the middle of that defense. Like I said, being shorter, you know you have the leverage advantage against all most of all guards and centers. So I like that, man. I like that name. Who's somebody else you're looking at? I'm also you you actually did a great job 
talk about the receivers, but I'm going to go and do you a little solid, my man. I'm going to go to your spot, the R, R, RBs, and I'm looking at Miles Gaskin. I'm a fan. I'm a fan Miles of Gaskin. I'm a fan of Gaskins, man. I really want to see. I'm going to shout out first him, then I'm going to go to Raquel Armstead because I'm going to be a homer. I'm a Temple alum as well. So I got to <laughs> I, and I saw what he did. And, you know, this Temple run of athletes, Temple's been a doormat. And what I said about uh, Thorson for Northwestern, to me, if you can turn around a college program and Temple has had the most success they've ever had these past few seasons, if you could turn around college programs, I want to see that. That's very huge for me, Dame. Mental toughness, what you can do to the next level, because you need to know that you can go through the grind. You can go through the ups and downs individually of, you know what, you're a sleeper prospect. How are you going to make your name? But also culture-wise, if you go to a team, you know, that, that hasn't had the success, that hasn't been winning, you don't let that stop you. You elevate the culture. You don't go down. But I am looking at, at – uh, my man from Washington and seeing what he can do, what kind of prospect Miles Gaskin can be. I think he is the running back to prove, the running back to watch for. So I think he's the top guy in this in this senior bowl and we'll see what he can do. It's not my favorite kind of group of running backs, I'll be honest. Like we've had the past few seasons, but he's right. so versatile as a receiver and running threat. And I want to see what he does against the non-Pac-12 uh, soft defense kind of talent. That's what I want to see. But Miles <laughs> Gaskin, I think, is the top prospect going into the senior bowl as far as running backs. I, I, I really like Miles Gaskins a lot. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that does not quit. And even with, even with the size, he's a guy that, you know, you, you can't underestimate by, by any means. Um, and, and, and another guy, consistent twelve hundred yard guy too. By yes, the way. And, and, and he, like I said, he's a versatile guy. He has the speed. Like he, he's he's on the shorter side, so you know he he can hide behind offensive lines. You see him on some some draw plays and stuff like. He is a guy. I, I, I look at Edo Smith from uh, that the Falcons drafted this year, and they used sparingly. He was he had some success in the league, and I definitely believe that Miles um, Gaskin is a better running back than he was coming out. So. I'm with you on that. Two names, and then I'll uh, I'll close it out from myself. Two names that I want to bring up. Uh, it's a, it's a, this draft is. I mean this this uh, this uh, senior bowl roster has a couple guys, but DeAndre Walker, uh, outside linebacker from Georgia, six three two forty five, pass rusher, kind of set the edge as well. He uh, he he sparked my interest last year, and I, I definitely wanted to see if he he didn't come out, but he's coming out this year, so I want to see how he does. Against these these uh, the offensive line prospects in the Senior Bowl, I think he has a good first step, long arms. He's you know got a good functional strength as well. Uh, can drive uh, defend drive uh, offensive linemen in the, into the backfield at times. I want to see that because I think he could be a sleeper as well in the uh, in day two, day three possibly. Um, depends on how he tests. If he runs well and he shows good hips when they put him into combine through the through the um, the uh, linebacker dropping drills, dropping in the coverage and everything, seeing how, if he has the fluidity and, fle- and, and uh, flexion in his hips, that would be good. Uh, and and uh, one of my favorite guys in this draft that I do think is underrated, you want a lot of t- right now in the NFL, you, especially with these tight ends, you need athletic guys that can actually cover them. A lot of these linebackers cannot f- – you, you got a couple, but you don't have a ton of linebackers. Every team doesn't have 
the, the Patriots sure don't have one. Every team does not have a linebacker that can go out there and cover Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, even Dallas Goddard, you know, Gronk when he was healthy, you know, George Kittle, who's now a star. You, you, don't, you need guys that can get up in the line of scrimmage and play them like a corner. Jawan Thornhill, safety from Virginia, six foot. He's 210. He does everything, Jeremy. He, he, he can play in the box and be a heavy hitter in the box. But I love when I see, and not just tight ends. I've seen them go out on the receivers out wide, running backs in the slot. I've seen them cover all type of, of receiving options man-to-man at the line of scrimmage. I love that about his game. And I want to see what he tests, but he plays what he has that leadership quality, you know, similar to what you see from a Jamal Adams, you know, being able to be that commander, that leader in the secondary, getting everybody right, being that hype guy. He's a vocal guy as well. I love his game, man, and I really want to see where he where where he tests at the combine, how he plays in, in a couple of weeks at the Senior Bowl, and, of course, where he lands. You know, a lot of teams could use a safety like that. Um, and he has the, the, foot, the, the footwork and backpedal and everything that you can play him a little bit as a corner. Um, I, I really like that game, his game, so that's, uh, that's my last guy of no. the show that I wanted to throw out there. Great picks, great picks. And I want to go to these guys because I know – It'll be a future topic in a later show for On the Clock. But I'm going to give you – I'm going to step – you know what? In tribute to you, I'm going to – I said Ryquel Armstead, and I'm looking at him from Temple. Tribute to me also. I'm a Temple alum. <laughs> but I will say this. I like his size. I like that – you know what? If you saw the routes he ran this past year, and I did watch him at Temple, he shows yeah. great signs for being a guy, big frame, 215 pounds but can yes. run great routes out of the backfield, but also very important for Ryquel Armstead. And I, we saw this, honestly, last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, why they brought in Jay Jai. Ryquel Armstead, good in pass protection situations. It doesn't get talked about nearly as much as it once did. I don't know if you agree, Damian, and how important it is to have a running back back there who can also yes. pass protect and help 100%. your quarterback. We don't hear that as much. But what people don't realize, that is why Jay Jai got traded for last year. They needed help protecting Carson Wentz and the backs that they had. Now, I know we saw a running back by committee help the Eagles win, but none of them were good in pass protection situations. And that's nope. why they went and brought in Jay Jai. So it's huge to see a big, sturdy back who can handle the hits, not the quickest, but can come out the backfield and help in pass protection. I really think that's a sleeper for Ryquel Armstead. And I'm also going to go to Mr. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a... from North Dakota State. Gotcha. Elusive. Good in, good in space. Very quick. I like that. You know what? And I think that's huge. We're going to see. He went to a smaller school. He's got that toughness. I like what he, he does well taking hits, and keep going. It'll really be huge to see how he does against this top talent at the Senior Bowl. But he's someone that people are – some are trying to say he can give Miles Haskins a run for the top prospect. He's a smaller school guy. And we'll talk about that later on in the show, is how you evaluate someone who went to a smaller school, yep. didn't play against the top talent. But what do you look for to see if you're an NFL executive and how to break past that and see that talent? You know, we saw, even though he's hurt, Carson Wentz, you know, he went to a smaller school, but there's things you look for in all positions, not just the skill set, skill positions that, hey, 
He may have went to a small school, but I like what I see. I like what I'm hearing. I like what he's telling me and saying to me that I want to go and bring this young man and take a high draft pick on him. So That's I'm it. looking at Bruce Anderson and Ryquell Armstead, two small schools, you know, well, you know, Temple and North Dakota State, but really intrigued on how they perform starting Senior Bowl week. I love it. I love it, man. You know, I love running back talk, especially when you bring out a guy that I haven't I haven't checked out yet. So I love that, Jeremy. Kudos to you, my brother. Kudos <laughs> to you on that. You know, Trump me on that. I love it. I love it, man. But definitely um, we will be bringing you guys more and more prospects as we continue to study film. And uh, I have my scouting reports coming out soon. Um, so, yeah, trust me. I we're, we're on it, guys. On the clock. Is on it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. We're definitely on it. But uh, you guys go ahead and, and enjoy the rest of your days and get ready for the weekend. Some talk, talking about that uh, the playoff football division around this weekend. Um, so definitely, guys, as always, I'm Damian Parson. That's Deremy Dove. We're on the clock with Damian and Deremy. Y'all have a good weekend. Peace.